Last week, on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we talked Season 2, Episode 3 of Poldark. In that episode, uh, George looked to get even with Judd for changing his story uh, while Ross is on trial. So he sent Tankard and some boys to assault Judd in the woods. And we thought Judd was dead until he went missing, and then we found out he wasn't dead. Wild episode. Uh, And also, Francis, he's in a good mood. We'll see if that translates to this week on Season 2, Episode 4 of Poldark. And we're back again, Season 2, Episode 4 of Poldark. That we are, Dave. Just uh, trucking along over here. Uh, what's what's good with you, Dave, this week? What's going on? Not too much. Uh, what about you, Corey? Is there anything anything to report? Well, I mean, <clears throat> we know a portion of our audience listens to us through Spotify, and today they released their, their Spotify wrapped uh, report. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got some interesting stats, you know, about, about listenership. I don't know how much people are interested in hearing us talk about that. Uh, but I thought it'd be fun just for a moment to, to walk through uh, what the, the the numbers are about our podcast and Dave versus what your expectations are. Okay, sure. Walk us through. Okay. Well, so apparently we have 356 followers on, on uh, Spotify. I don't even know if we should share that inf- information, but I think that's a pretty good number considering how niche we are, and that's only speaking to Spotify, right? Yeah. Now, how many... Like, how many people use Spotify for podcasts? I feel like it's not the primary... Right. There, there's a lot of them to choose from. And I think that is maybe like maybe a quarter, third? I don't know. Uh, less than that. It, it's it's not the entirety of our audience. But, uh, Dave, g- guess where the majority of our listeners are coming from? Uh, the UK? No. That is second. Is America? It's America's number one, baby. Okay, cool. U- USA. Surprise. Uh, Canada is actually a little bit further down the list because in front of them we got Norway and Germany. <laughs> uh, so shout out to our listeners over there. It's Spain, Italy. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. G- guess what artists they're listening to, Dave? Them? Our, our fans? Yes. Spotify gives that information of what kind of music they're listening to. So I, I just feel like I'm going to lob, lob the ball. Like Taylor Swift? That is that's one of them, yeah. Who else do we have? Uh, the the Beatles, maybe. That that's true. That is another one. Okay, uh, let me see if I can guess one more off the top. Adele. Yeah, honestly, it's as British as you can get. The other two are Ed Sheeran and Elton okay. John. <laughs> so okay, I wouldn't have gotten Elton John. I might have gotten Ed Sheeran if I spent some time marinating on it. But we definitely got a specific audience here, so, so respect to that. Um, but the the big thing to say is they they shared you know new stats from this year, and so Dave, we we're up over a hundred percent in terms of uh, hours listened and, and listenership uh, from people. Thirty one countries around the world. So thank you to everyone out there. Oh yeah. Thirty seven percent of our fans listen between eleven a.m. and five p.m. So when you say 37%. So during the work day. Yeah, so, so, but that's only 37%. So pretty much everyone just listens around the clock at different hours. Yeah, that's, and that's a broad period of time. It's not like 
11 to 5 or whatever. Yeah. And that's funny. not like 11 to 12. No. And it's funny. We, we have, you know, a small audience, at least with Spotify for sure. And you could you could tell with this rap that they were trying to cushion things or, or make it sound nicer than it is. So we have nine people who have listened to most of our episodes. Okay. <laughs> uh, seven rang in the new year with us. They listened to us on New Year's Day. Five listened okay. to us on their birthday. And then okay. 43 people listened to us more than any other podcast. So we'll take what hey. we can get. Well, I, I threw it down on the Twitter because we got, I think it is the season to start getting app messages. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are on your Spotify t- top list, tag us on either Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and let us know and you, you will be entered to win some Lords of Grantham merchandise. Absolutely. <laughs> we needed we, a good yeah. holiday giveaway. So this is, I feel like this is a good, it is the season for Spotify wrapped. Any listenership is beyond any expectation that we <laughs> ever had for this podcast. We thought we'd get just our friends and then it's taken on a life of its own. So we are truly appreciative. Oh yeah. And I will, it. I will say to anybody who doesn't listen on Spotify that might want in on this giveaway, mm-hmm. leave us a five-star review and, and share it in the same tweet, Instagram story. Just let us know. Yeah. You will be entered as well. You know, our algorithm needs the help and we love the you know, sharing the love. So, absolutely. We want to pay it forward in the holiday season, give away some merch. Yeah. So, I think we can just get to the podcast, right? We can just get to talking to Poldark. Nothing new in the the Downton world or the Crown well, world. Well, the only thing the- is uh, was on the Crown is that uh Dominic West's son, Senon West will actually play uh Prince William. Wow. So, you know, some people say nepotism is dead, but they'd be wrong. They'd be wrong. That's right. Yep. So, so yeah, let's just get into, we can just get into Poldark then. <laughs> yeah, let, let's just drop that story and just get into Poldark. Uh, season two, it's episode one for the four. books. A lot happened. And they do the classic thing this episode that I'm getting accustomed to where they will literally have conversations intersperse it with other conversations that are going on and then go back to the one that was in the other scene just to keep you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms of approaching this episode, I think it worked a little bit last week, Dave, but maybe we just talk about plot lines uh, as they're happening. Yeah, so I think the easiest one to get out of the way first would be the doctor. Good old Dr. Dwight. With sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> good times never felt so good, right? Well... Comes comes a little at a at a bit of a cost, I feel like, but this is a very mm-hmm. strange subplot because I think it's supposed to send us one way and it winds up doing the opposite. It takes a long way around. It takes a long way to a, for a, a conclusion. I don't think is necessarily what any of us want. Oh, okay. Well, walk walk us through it, Dave. Why why is okay, it something so you want? Do you not believe in love? Th- I d- I don't believe this is love. Okay. Uh, so this why this, this starts love, with. Why can't this With, be between Dwight hey, and Caroline? It's got what it takes. I don't think it's got what it you takes. You don't think it's got what it takes, obviously. No. So, this begins with Caroline sort of asking Dwight why he's not coming to visit. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, I got a lot going on. I'm busy. There's, a, there's some kind of epidemic going around. We need... These people aren't... You know, they're, they're, they're sick and they're not eating fruits they're drinking gin and said and and i don't know if, if i'm gonna get this exactly right chronologically how it works mm-hmm. out but she basically says like yeah but who cares 
Rich people are going to be fine. I'm rich. I'm right, going to be just well, fine. He hasn't been around to see her since she had her, her throat scare last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she mails him a guinea uh, to come check on her. Yeah, he, so that's needs the... needs to do a follow-up. That's the, the hook to get him in. Right. So then he looks in her throat, and, and he's like, all right, it's good. And there's, a, there's some tension there. Oh, it, there's some sexual tension there where he says, open your mouth wider. Yep. It's absolutely some kind of, you know, innuendo going on there. But then, then she does, and he's like, okay, gotta go. I gotta get out of here. But then and you then, have a, a brief conversation where, uh, you, know, you know, she's talking, they're talking about the, the workers down at the mine, because he's like, they, they need my help, they're sick. And she's like, well, if they weren't drinking gin all the time and, and eating oranges instead, and he's like, well, don't you know that oranges are a lot more expensive than gin? And she was mm-hmm. like, well, they're lost. They're, they're, they're a problem, not mine. Yeah, she goes, they're poor, I'm rich, I'm cool. And then, and we it see really sets her up. To, I, and I get where you're coming from here, Dave. It really sets her up to be like hoy to do. You know, she's really, uh, you know, full of herself for a second there. Yeah. And then and Dwight walks away. He's like, "Okay, this is enough. I'm, I'm out of here." Like he's, he's a man of the people. Mm-hmm. And we see that that she is betrothed or whatever to this uh, Unwin fellow who's a real yep. chump. Yep. And. So they keep referring to each other and all this stuff. And there's a, there's another sequence where Caroline sees Dwight with a, a bushel of, of older apples that are on their way to rotting. And she says something like, hey, what are you doing with those? And he's like, "Not beggars can't be choosers. And he means it literally because mm-hmm. these people are begging for their lives at this point, some of them. Yeah. And the episode continues. We come back to these two, and the uh, Caroline talks to her father about getting some kind of allowance, some kind of money. She says, "You know, shouldn't I be able to gamble like one of you boys?" Right, because we know that she's like entrusted twenty thousand pounds if, mm-hmm. if she marries this unwin guy. That's why he, he seems like he's into her, according to her, how, how she sees it. But she doesn't actually have any money to her name, so yeah, she, her, she'd her, like to have some money to throw around. Her father or whoever it is, Ray Penaven Penvenen, is like. What are you talking about? Like you, you have all your needs waited on you, and she's like, "Yeah, but I need a little bread. I need a little spending money. I want to yep. gamble." Uh huh. And then on the DL, Doctor Dwight gets a, a cart full of oranges, a, a bushel of oranges, and because she's she's got some money, she likes to gamble, and mm-hmm. her game is buying up oranges to give to people who may need them. And Dwight kind of figures this out real quick. Like, they don't even waste any time. He's just, like, off to talk to her. He's like, I knew it was you. And he's like, thank you so much for doing this. Like, you didn't have to. And then we see uh, Unwin again. Mm -hmm. And Unwin's like, hey, what's going on? Like, what's going on? And George is with him. And they're like, all right, let me get out of here. Dr. Dwight does. And then it comes back around to she buys him another thing. And then she leaves. Another bushel of oranges. Right, I mean, because, yeah, George is there to see the whole thing going down, and he's like, what's this? And she's just like, I'm just being nice. And it was uh, nice knowing you, Dwight, and I guess she, is she going off with Unwin, or where is she going off to? She's going off to... I think she's going off with Ray. Ray? They're going back to London. She's like, you really couldn't expect me to live here forever. Right. It's sort of yeah. the opposite of uh, Bingley in Pride and Prejudice, who's like, I want to be in the middle of nowhere. She's like, I don't. I want to be back in society. I, I mean, they, they show it with the way she was always wourng that bright red dress in the middle of like all mm-hmm. this dourness. Um, but yeah, she is absolutely going away. 
maybe to marry this Unwin guy. We'll, we'll see. But she bids him farewell, and that that's yeah, she's cr- like, I wish, I wish we could have been something. Could've, so it could have been something. Lotting things up, you know. But Dave, why doesn't it work for you? Because I don't think she there either. She's not genuinely buying these oranges. Yeah. To help people, she's doing it to impress him, and right. I have yet to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. And we know he's a weak-willed man because of what he did to Mark's wife. Right. And so he'll I'm not in, saying but... that he doesn't have a physical attraction to her, and there's clearly the tension is there. But when she shows her true colors and said, "Like poor people are poor, I'm rich and privileged. What do I care about that?" Mm-hmm. He leaves. Yeah. And then he never seems to. Tell her, like, hey, you're not doing this for the right reason. I'm not in this for for you. Like, I think it's cool, but, like, look. And I think there might also be some unresolved trauma internally with him about what happened with Mark's wife. I think we're reading a little bit little bit too I deep there. I don't but, think so. I but think, I think we'll you, are, you are on something, though, where, like, he is very weak-willed. Because he's, he's very stern when he meets her this episode where he's like, I don't got time for you and your, your throat. I got people who really need to be taken care of. She sends him some oranges, and all of a sudden he's changing his tune, like, Oh, this girl's great. <laughs> she's a real well, winner. I don't think huh? he's saying she's. I don't think he's trying to because he doesn't make a, an effort to but get he's her. Definitely, to stick he definitely around. seems sad to see her go all of a sudden. Well, I mean, she's a looker. She's walking around town in a red dress. He's got to hang around with these people with these weird mouths. Th- that's how it always was when we were growing up, Dave. When when a looker was leaving town, we we're just sad to see them go. <laughs> and they're always Love to watch at them us leave. Saying, uh, you guys. You guys could have had something. We're like, oh, man, I don't know. Okay. Well, in our case, it was like, probably not. No, never had a chance. But it's funny because there is like a brief interaction where Caroline's on her horse and she passes by Ross by the cliffside. And they're supposed to like have an interaction, but it really doesn't do anything. It's just like them two acknowledging that they know each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that happens. But when do we see uh, Caroline again? How long until we see her again? I don't know. I, I feel like if the book wants us to this to be nothing it might be nothing this show could have her gone forever yeah or be like next week oh you've been gone for a while it's like really she she left last episode but i mean we saw by demel's stomach that the time has passed (laughs) real quick nine months went by by real fast so i understand why caroline has been there long enough to be like peace um and we'll get to that in a second but i think the other low-hanging fruit a lot of these other plot lines start to tie together but Uh the blamey one we can talk about yeah. Verity. Well, yeah, the blamey and Verity we can talk about. The rest of the blamey stuff has to get lumped in with the rest of it. Yeah. But we finally get some time with blamey and Verity after wanting it forever. Yeah, we haven't seen them in a while. Um, and what is it? So there's been people who have been diagnosed with Penang, so blamey needs to help them out. Uh, so, you know, they're around town, uh, and... Blamey also has uh, family uh, coming to visit too. His children. His children. His his daughter and son. Uh, we we see Verity interacting with Demelza. She she lets her know that she's missing the family, and you know she's around a lot a lot of Blamey, but you know she really misses the family. And she's trying to get pregnant. Yeah, we even see. I think we even see her briefly interact with Elizabeth on the town, where where she's like, you know, could could we you know become good with Francis again? Is there a way back? getting in his good graces uh francis is walking around town at the same time with his this new hat that he has this new like hat. sailor hat it's it's his post suicide hat yeah post suicide uh, attempt hat he's letting people know he's alive and feeling great 
but he he spots him and he's like, I'll never be friends with that guy. It's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. No way, Jose. So Blamey leaves Verity at home alone for a while, and his his daughter Esther comes to visit. Mm-hmm. Esther wants nothing to do with Verity. Verity's trying to to be good with this girl. You know, Blamey left Verity with almond sugar and chocolate to kind of win them over to bake and do stuff. And mm-hmm. this Esther just is like, "Where's my father? <laughs> You're not my mother." Very and, uh, stepchild to step parent situation yeah. going on. And just as she's at her wit's end, Blamey's son walks in the door and it's like, "Who the hell are you?" <laughs> like, I didn't even James. Know he, yeah, didn't even know he had a, a son really. And he's just like, "Oh, I, I'm excited to meet you, mother. You're my mother, right?" Yeah, he's like, Are it's we not like the same often, age? This is a full this is a full grown man and he goes, It's not often in life that I get a new mother. It's like, okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, slow your roll there. You got you got some something going on there. Um Yeah, and he's like, Don't worry about Esther. She's she, she's just kinda miserable. Um And that's pretty much it. This is such a simple storyline. That? I mean, I'm sure it'll unfold more if these these kids I guess stay around. So. Yeah. I was kind of surprised to see Blamey had kids already. I mean, I... I, I we know I, he allegedly killed his wife. <laughs> that's true. At the same time, though, he looked like a loner for the most part. Well, I mean, he's someone whose reputation is that he allegedly murdered his wife. <laughs> I don't think he's really... Has many friends. Beloved about town. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we could tie it up that, you know, Blamey does run into Francis later in the episode, and there's a change of heart, and now... It looks like Blamey may be around this day. Yeah, and we'll, t- we'll get to why there's a change of heart but, as we keep going. Dave, how do you feel about seeing more of him and, and Verity around town? Good. I mean, uh, Agatha says at, early in the episode, Verity should be here. I mean, she should. She is family. Yeah, and there's all... Well, it's like Francis is, is a new man, but he's still kind of aloof. He's finding his confidence, and I feel like this episode does a lot for his confidence. For sure. Do we want to talk about that now, or do we want to talk about... I mean, I guess we could talk about all the stuff that entails, huh? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we can, we can work our way there. But mm-hmm. let's start off with Ross. The guy's still... You know, as much as they, they got their, their money together last week to pay off loans, the man's still struggling with money. And yeah. we start the episode with seeing a bunch of men walking by the cliffside, and and why are those men uh, being walked around, Dave? These are alleged free traders who are being locked up for for illegally going by the ports and whatnot to sell goods without paying the proper fees. Yeah. And as we see in this episode, uh, a Mr. Trencrum comes to visit Ross. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has, he has uh, an offer uh, for him. That yeah, he's... Where, he wants where, to use the Ross's port, right? The beach. It's, it's the last inlet that has uh, that doesn't have any patrols. People looking out, you know, for stuff coming in. So he, mm-hmm. you know, he proposes an offer for Ross to turn a blind eye to the tune of two hundred pounds per cargo and salt. At first, he offers fifty pounds, and Ross is like two hundred. He's like, "We're barely, barely going to turn a profit," and Ross is like, "That's that's the deal." This, this is such a weird scene because yeah. Ross is like. This is what I'm saying. And the guy's like, come on, man, be reasonable. And Demel's like looking at Ross like, okay, Ross, like, don't do this. Be, come on now. Like, you don't want to look at this. this guy. You got to be the way that I interpreted Demel's in the scene was she was like, don't get out of the man. Like, 
<laughs> don't, don't ask do for that. salt. Don't be unreasonable. And then, and then he just basically is like, all right, cool. There's yeah. no negotiation. It's like, here's my price. Here's my price. Done. Ross is nice grinning the whole you. time during the negotiation. He knows he's got the upper hand because he's the only inlet that can, you know, potentially let them, you know, bring their cargo over. Uh, but yeah, Demelza is not happy. She She's like, you know, whatever pounds you get from this, it's not going to buy you out of prison. Mm-hmm. And Ross is like, I can't, I can't do anything about this. My hands are tied. And, and why are his hands tied, Dave? Because it's going south with wheel leisure. Absolutely. Uh, so there's another meeting w- with the, the shareholders where we'd seen them in the mine. They, they blew a hole open and they feel like they're getting somewhere. They just need to keep going a little bit. But Yeah, what s- is it called? They're trying to get to the... I wrote it down. Where is it in my notes? The Trevorgi Lions. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the halfway mark between this old mine that Ross and his, that Ross's family owned mm-hmm. and Wheel Leisure. Yeah. But Tankard is like, uh-uh. Right. He makes the point of like, you know, we've been investing in you for a while and we have nothing to show, so why should we continue to do that now? Mm-hmm. And he actually manages to convince a couple others to vote his way to, to say nay we're not going to spend any more money on you you're going to do what you can with what you got here and we and, also see that that tankard and by proxy george have come across basically born their their stakes is, are much higher than they were in earlier episodes mm-hmm. so when they come to these meetings their vote weighs heavier than a lot of these other guys yeah so yeah. They they got uh was it Doctor Choke or no not Doctor Choke someone else's uh shares, mm-hmm. um, so some other guy <laughs> they o- they have a almost a controlling majority nearly uh, of the mm-hmm. shares almost, uh, and so when you know this proposition comes to him about becoming a port for and taking, uh you know illegal cargo, Ross can't not take it because business is just not happening with Wheel Leisure and his yeah. hands are tied with how much uh, George owns of the, the whole place. Now, should we circle back to Demelza's fishing just to, to get this, this this story in the ether sure. as well, we discussed? Well, we should say that the we do see a scene where the people come to bring their cargo. Uh, Ross doesn't necessarily turn a blind eye. He actively helps them in. <laughs> he yep. goes out there to let them in. But he tells Prudy and, and Ginny and Demelza to, to close the blinds. Right. <laughs> they, they don't see anything. How long until this blows up in his face, Dave? I think it depends on if we come back to this. I think this... They're I don't, I don't know exactly how... back to this. Well, I mean, how will Ross come back to this? Because if he can... There's no handshake agreement that this has happened. This is all happening on the DL. I don't think you introduce McNeil again the last episode and have him hang out with Demelza for him not to reappear when this stuff is going down. Otherwise it'd be like two odd setups or one offs to lead to nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. The, well, the, I'm, I'm captain, just curious if, yeah. if Ross gets off scot-free or the property, you know, like if these guys just get caught on his land and then they're mad at him. Mm-hmm. So does Ross get in trouble or do these free traders get in trouble and then they turn on Ross? It's a sticky situation. Depends how things go. Uh, where Ross is when when they come around, uh, if they can't they if they catch his hand in the cookie jar, what well, we got to see. 
Well, I'm hoping that Ross doesn't have to put his hand in the cookie jar anymore. I hope we don't have to see him on trial again or in a, a courtroom again. We, we've got enough courtroom scenes on the show already, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm set on that for now. Um, but as we were saying, Demelza mm-hmm. is fishing. Yes. Because and we Ross see is not a fan. There's only half a fish left on ice. Mm-hmm. Well, this that's like later in the episode. Oh, okay. Initially in the episode, she's fishing, and Ross is like, you're too pregnant to be out in the middle of the water. Fishing. He has a point. She's very pregnant. And the two of them basically, their entire interactions this episode are Ross being like, you are putting too much at risk in this situation. And then Demelza's is like, you always put things at risk, and I'm not allowed to stop you. Mm-hmm. And while I do agree with Demelza's sentiment, there's a baby on the line right now. And I think that Ross makes a decent point. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. That's the funny thing is Demelza is just as headstrong as uh, Ross is in a lot of ways, which is why they're perfect for each other, but also why they can also butt heads. Mm-hmm. And to that end, she does go out on that boat yet again. Yeah, she goes fishing, and then she starts having contractions. Yeah, uh, not good, not good, not doing great out there. She, she she actually is able to kind of row her way back a lot of the way pretty impressively most of the way like Ross only has to wade in about ankle deep to get to the boat right boat to get her back he doesn't have to do much um I, I, when he because when he, she wants to keep rowing and he's like no stop he takes the oar out of the boat and tosses and is like you want to do that man that, that's and he just leaves the boat there's, there's a load of fish in there yeah um but he, he carries her, her ashore he, he's not happy they're, with her they're cussing at each other they're they're mm-hmm. having a scrap a verbal scrap yep but it's all okay because you and know why like, she, she she's there's the good line where she's like i'm gonna kill you ross paul dark and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna whoop you up but first you gotta have our baby and then it'll then we'll do yes this. then i'll be good and she has the baby yeah she she does a boy dwight delivers it again the the jack of all trades dr dwight ennis yeah. Uh, he comes downstairs and he said to Ross, he gives him the okie doke, like, your wife looked really good and the baby looks great. Hey. <laughs> he said it. That's that, true. That, it, it happened. It absolutely happened. He's got a son now. We got we got a son in the picture. Yep. So, congratulations uh, to the Poldarks. Yeah, and I think does that circle us back to the rest of the, the wheel leisure Business, drama? Yeah, because let's, let's bring in Francis to the picture here. Yeah. What's the man doing in his front yard, Dave? He's got like, I forget what the term is. He's got a, a stick that he's looking for. Mm-hmm. For They say it's a metal detector. Right. He's got those, those the, like the fishing rod, the, the the rod or whatever that you call that should hopefully, you know, help alert him to some gold or something. You know, you see people at the beach with this kind of stuff all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know what the exact word is, but. Are you finding it, Dave? A dowsing rod is what That's it's called. That's what it is. Yes, yes, that is exactly it. Uh, and what do you find with a dowsing rod, Dave? You're supposed to find water, but he's looking for okay. metal. Yeah, that, that's the thing, because I, th- I feel like a dowsing rod has like a little extender thing at the end. This one is just a like a triangle <laughs> that he's carrying around. Yeah, if you look at it like it's, it's, it's like a stick. Yeah. But, uh, but, but he there's, looks like there's a crazy person at the end of it that points you to lawn. something, I thought. Uh, yeah, I think this one did. It's like a wishbone-shaped stick. I like the idea that Francis is so misbegotten. He doesn't even know 
the right dowsing rod to use. He's just using a triangle that leads him nowhere. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, even realize and it. And Agatha is the voice of reason in this scene where she's like, hey, what's he up to out here? And Elizabeth is like on duty taking care of this senile old lady. Like, he's just... Uh, he's happy. Don't worry about looking, it. He's just happy. For, it, yeah. But he's he's living his dream, kind of. Mm-hmm. And we all uh, just to just to circle back to a, an anecdote we forgot about in the scene where Doctor Dwight is talking to Caroline in like the alleyway. George's response, speaking of him being a jack of all trades, George is like, "Hey, don't you have a dog you can go take care of?" <laughs> yeah, because they're not into the. He's not into them uh, romancing up because yeah, you know clearly Dwight is below him. Uh, but yes, no. Back to Francis. Um, yeah. Is there Francis, anything really? I mean, we see Francis around town in this episode, as we saw with like him seeing Blamey and not being down with him. But he's kind of like in the background until Ross has this idea of like, I need to talk to Francis because what happens is after he Does, he he commits to you know be, you know opening up his his inlet for for transporting cargo, he has another meeting for Wheel Leisure, where George is all of a sudden taking take Tankard's place. Yeah, George, like, George, George, like the Vince McMahon music hits, and George walks in. He's like, "No more sending the, the surrogates or the general managers or the, the commissioners. Yeah, the boss like the, is here. It, no more Darth Vader. The Emperor is here. <laughs> I'm taking not over. the tanker's Darth Vader. <laughs> no, he's he's Darth something. He needs some sunlight. Dude is pale, super pale. Um, it's not even that Tankard's really doing a bad job. It's just like George is like, I need to do this. I need. To. George is like, now's my moment because there's another sequence in this episode where they like. Ross and, and George, like, mm-hmm. cross paths on the right. horseback. They're riding horses, and they, they, cro- they cross paths. And, oh, yeah, because yeah. uh, Ross accuses them early in this episode, like, oh, you know, uh, so not trying to kill anyone, any people who, who did you wrong again, like alluding to Judd. And, and then George is like, why would you say that? And Ross is like, don't you try that again. And George is like, is that, is that a threat? And then Ross just gallops away. <laughs> just Ross is like maybe, oh, maybe, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I will kill you. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just loading a we'll gun see. with your name on it. Who knows? But uh, but that's enough to put George on edge. Be like, I gotta. He gotta put the pressure down. Right. This is. This, and we I also see this. there's a George. George makes another bold move in this episode, mm-hmm. where I believe it is uh, on Agatha convinces Elizabeth to sort of go talk to George because there's still trouble with George and the the Francis side of the Poldark family. Yeah. So Elizabeth goes over and George is uh not great. No, he wants to be friends with her still and, and all that. And he, he's like, look, your family is on the hook for some you know what. There's some mm-hmm. serious issues going on. But I'm pretty sure if if we can be friends, we can put this all behind us. And he says our friendship will grow. Yeah. And to Elizabeth's, uh, you know, credit, she's like, no, I don't think I'm ever coming back to this place again. She's not into it. I'm Uh, a little shocked that this is the way this story went because I feel like this was set up to be something more. And I'm sure this will continue. Right. Well, I can't figure it out because... You know, as as we were getting to it, you know, George shows up, Ross storms off in a huff. He, he he's annoyed. He's got an mm-hmm. idea though for for a plan, and his idea is to now go towards Wheel Grace. Uh, 
the the place that their father owned uh mm-hmm. and, and and mine that there because there's nothing left for him to find in real leisure at least without george profiting from it so his plan is to sell his shares in real leisure cash mm-hmm. out let george take it because he'll buy it at a high price he really wants it and then they'll take that money and put it towards wheel grace but his idea to to see this through is to join forces with francis who mm-hmm. has has possession of, of wheel grace and has some funds. No, well, George uh, Ross owns Wheel Grace. That's his father's abandoned mine. Nobody's there. Oh, but right. he just doesn't have the capital to get that water pump, right? To clean it out. That's what it is. To yeah. make it usable. Uh, yeah. By the way, though, his idea is to work with Francis, and the entire time they're having that conversation, we see Elizabeth listening in, but she seems traumatized or not too excited about this news. Yeah, but this is yeah, because this is pretty much after the sequence where George is like, "Yeah, the only way we're gonna really be cool here is if you sleep with me." I mean, he doesn't say that exactly. But that's effectively what he says to her. Is it? I, I didn't read yeah. it that way. Oh yeah, he's like our. He he essentially says like, "I really think that that our issues could be a lot worse, but if you start coming around, they can be a lot better." And I think we should be friends, and I think our friendship should get greater and bigger. And you know, like he's. Heavily implying they should spend time together. Sure. Yeah. And I, then I think she, he just wants the to way, get back the way she leaves mm-hmm. is very much disgust. Like, I don't yeah. want anything to do with what you're up to, which, yeah. you know, that's enough. Understandable. But she doesn't seem to be happy, though, with, with like what Francis and Ross were talking about. She seems like I, I, I think she knows that, that I don't want to. She did not screw up, but I think she knows that George is. The long arm of George will reach into this situation. Oh, he'll try to mess things up for them somehow. Yeah, he'll call back that debt God. that he, that goodwill gesture of the four thousand pounds or whatever he gave after uh, yeah. the Sanson situation. I did find it like I, I did like Ross's plotting there, the to uh, you know sell off his shares to George, uh, because like I, I like the idea that all, all of a sudden like every everything about the show has been wheel leisure. Now it's just like nope, nope. That's not the answer. Just going to drop it. But, but it's, a re- it's a good little scene. Yeah. The scene The scene of Ross and Francis talking about the plan, mm-hmm. I was smiling ear to ear. I was like, this is... The whole Francis like, last is smiling this, this entire episode. He's just happy to be there. He's happy to be alive. And Elizabeth is like, oh, no, this man... They have George, such a George solid is, handshake, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like the mega powers. Yeah. They're coming together. Um, the one thing, though, I would say is... Wouldn't George for a second be like, why is Ross all, or why are they selling so many shares all of a sudden? <laughs> like, wouldn't he? Well, I mean, George able... figures it out really quickly. He oh, figures yeah. it out by the end of the But episode. then also, like, if he's that smart, would he just not buy it, you know? But he doesn't know who's selling. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the barroom scene, which we'll get to shortly, right. R- George is like, Ross, I just picked up more yeah. shares. And then Ross is like, oh, it's you who bought them from me. And he's like, oh. Oh, you know, he puts the pieces together. I think he kind of has sneaking suspicion. Well, he already had a suspicion because, well, as we see, though, um, well, Francis is going to tell Ross, like, by the way, there's something about the past you need to know. And Ross is like, what's the past is the past. It doesn't matter. We're good mm-hmm. together. We're good to go. Don't worry about it. We're good. And then that's it. Then the next scene happens. George already knows, though, that he's planning to pursue wheel grace he's already put together that he that it was ross who sold mm-hmm. the shares yeah his people who his people told, tell him they, they move fast I, it was like the next like how did they find out so fast but 
yeah, George drops the bomb real quick on him. Like, you know that old uh, Carn Carnmore copper plan that you had about you know smelting all all the stuff you found. It was it was Francis who told me who was involved like, in yeah, that. Francis told me all that stuff. How does that make you feel, boy? <laughs> yeah. So Ross grabs George uh, by the collar. George then whacks Ross over the head with his cane pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Ross gets a few blows in, but then you know we've seen George has been training for episodes. I like the. I wonder if that's in the books. If that's something they had to add for the George, show, like George is like sparring with some. Yeah. Because George Local is so small, grappler. would people ever buy him actually fighting and taking down on Ross? If we have enough scenes of him training, then maybe we'll buy it. We'll buy that he but can I take think, Ross. I think it's, it's it's an interesting sequence because he fights like a punk. Like he tries to gouge his eyes oh, yeah. out. Yeah, no, he's cheap. So he, he kind of like spears Ross onto the table after taking a few blows and then tried to gouge his eyes out. Almost like Blade Runner-esque that he's doing there. It's it's hard to watch so for a like second. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Ross somehow... I mean, just with his natural strength, Ross just pushes him off him, and then Ross just starts to beat him down, <laughs> like repeatedly, He's him just around. punching and kicking him. And there's a guy off screen during this entire scene saying, "Hey, stop! Hey, <laughs> we don't ever see him. He's just like, hey, stop!" He's the guy who owns the Red Lion. It's his, his, yeah. Uh, and uh, well, and, then, and then basically Ross just like throws him through a, shows a him. small table. Yeah, he, he really. And the guy's like, "You gotta go," and Ross is like, "Point proven, baby." I'll beat over. your ass any day of the week, bro. <laughs> uh, and he's out of there. And then we see, you know, after we just heard Ross saying, like, the past is past, doesn't matter, him sitting on a seawall next to Dwight being like, I don't know if I can ever trust him again. It's like, you just said the yeah, past says, is the past. He says the partnership is doomed if I can't trust him. It's like, you didn't even want to know what this, this with, what Francis wanted to tell you. Francis was going to tell you this to earn your trust, and now you're just like, I don't know it if wasn't I can trust the, yeah, him. Was it, and wasn't the implication that Ross is like, Oh, something happened between Francis and George, and that's why Francis yeah. is so riddled with guilt. Right. It's like, why is he shocked by this? Yeah. No, he should have like put it together real quick there. It's so silly. Um, but then a, a, another great Ross power play happens mm-hmm. where where old Captain Blamey starts walking by. He just kind of walks into like, the camera. It's just like, oh, Blamey's here. And and he's like, hey, Doc, Doc Dwight, go get Francis to walk down here. I see he's like... A hundred feet away. Yeah. And then Francis walks up. He's like, oh, hello, Ross. Good to see you. Oh, you. I like how we also get like a stern look from Blamey knowing what Ross's plan is. He's like, oh, no, he's going to make me interact with that Francis guy again. <laughs> the guy almost mm-hmm. shot me in the f- and killed me. And then Francis is like, I don't want anything to do with this, Ross. I don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And Ross just says, this is your last moment to wipe out the past. And he gives him a look. Because he know he's like, I know what you didn't want to tell me. He's like, I know what you did last summer, bro. Like, yep. And Francis is like, oh, heave ho, Harry ho, welcome, welcome. Yeah, we're all good here. All's good. He's like, all right, blamey. He's got that new hat on. You know, he's he's feeling himself. He's feeling good. Yeah. And, and they're friends get a now. Scene, they're good. They're friends. There's a scene where they're at Wheel Grace at the the, the unofficial opening. Mm-hmm. All what? We got Demelza, Ross. Elizabeth, Francis, Blamey, and Verity. It's like the team is back. Yeah. They're, they're popping champagne. They're, they're ready to, to get the mi- mining. And we have a sweet moment where we know everything's good with Ross and Demel's again, where he's like, well, this was called after, you know, this is real grace after the, the, the mother, um, you know, who was like the North Star. Mm-hmm. You're no North Star, Demelza. You, you're, you're the dog star. Yeah, you're the dog that I picked you out. You're the, you're the dog star. <laughs> As Garrick. So... 
that is the name of the that's what he's going to refer to the mine as right the dog star we'll see all right well there you have it dog star and it's funny when i think of dog star though i think of was the band with keanu reeves in it (laughs) uh from like the 90s so it's just like okay interesting choice of a name in terms of big fan he made made that a contingency in the plot yeah way way back (laughs) He, he, he saw it that way uh so that's the whole episode pretty much mm-hmm. uh judd is we don't see him he's been missing prudy doesn't know where he is or she doesn't she can't really speak for him he's just kind of yeah, she's basically saying like you know he he's kind of reveling in the fact that he didn't die yeah uh Prudy's and, and, and it imply that he might be kind of on the dl hiding from tankard in that might roughneck be. and uh was it we, we do get the scene of like Ross shouting at Prudy like you let Demelza go and Garrick too where's the dog oh and Ginny Ginny's like I tried my best I tried and he lets her right. off completely what a lucky actress just to like have a plot line in season one now she just has to hang around in the background and collect checks oh, Ginny? good for her Gracie O'Brien yeah good for her I mean on Agatha Mon Monthma's cashing those checks she's doing oh, the best sure. work you know one other thing too that's uh, interesting is um the way Ross is like, I'm going to cash out of that mine. What about that dude who like hung with you this whole time, believing in you and finding stuff? You know, you're just like leaving him. Like, I don't on think the he's leaving anybody high. Are you talking about Captain Henshaw? Yeah, I don't think he's leaving them high and dry. Or Zaki at the same. Right, those Zaki. guys. What a name, Zaki. Um, they're still work, and I feel like under George's reign, mm-hmm. it will still be profitable because George is a. a I don't know. We do see George boy. at the end of the episode and. People don't seem too pleased with him there as like their new boss, kinda. And but Ross still, still does have shares in Wheel Leisure. Like he's he only sold half his shares. Okay. So he still has a seat at the table. Well, George, uh, yeah, he doesn't seem to care too much about the employees there or anything. Um, we'll see. I think they're still. I, I do like paid. that he's just there enough to see. Like, what are you doing with the oranges here, Caroline? Get out of here. He was. Just, it's just the the. Long arm of Ross Poldark is is reached into the mm-hmm. world of of everything from Caroline to, to the Doctor to yeah. even his his old staff. Yeah, he's unstoppable. So was this a good episode, Dave? It was a fantastic episode. There was a fight. That fight. Was honestly, I think, I think fight. we undersold the fight. The fight was a freaking ball bar, bar brawler I would man. say it was it was like two minutes too but it was a, yeah it was a slobber knocker I, I thought George was so dirty going for the eyes like I just love that once Ross got the upper hand he didn't hold back he just kept kicking him <laughs> when he was down like I don't care and I like that's the straw that broke the camel's back yeah also who do you think really started the fight I mean Ross grabbed him by the collar but then George did the cheap thing where he knocked him over the head with his cane yeah because I think I don't think Ross would have would have hit him further Ross would have just snarled in his face right he was frustrated at the time smoldered trying to figure out like what, what are you trying to say here about francis and yeah that was a, that was like a they live like they just like they brawl kept going I, I love it it's great I, I but it does look like george's training is, Paul, uh, is paying off so i hope ross does like some uh some work to kind of stay on his toes I, I mean i think that was ross ross not expecting to fight i that, think ross that is true. he's gonna throw yeah. down he's gonna got the upper hand on him i think he'd do one shot kill to, to george <laughs> we did see again george with the like 
putting his golden gun into like his drawer in this episode. The thing's gonna get fired at some point this on this show. You know oh, it. It's a it's the smoking gun has to be smoking at some point. Yeah, that is the Chekhov's gun. So, uh, yeah, and also they made great progress with his mind. They said like part of it was underwater, but you know now we're we're ready to get to work on it. <laughs> Next yeah. episode, the thing's gonna be banging out some metal. Maybe Golder. Also, I did like the callback to like, isn't that what Mark said that one time? There's something and over there. And they should have shot a Mark. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't even put that together. I thought they were going to find Mark living in the mine. I really right? thought that's how the episode was going to end. He's like, he's got to come back somehow. He comes back with Caroline. <laughs> he's I mean, married. Oh man, imagine. That'd be great. Uh, well, let's get to the, the, the power rankings. Um, Dave, who's going down for you? At number three going on, I got Caroline. Okay. Because like like I said before, she's not in it for the right reasons. And I think she, even walking away, thinks that she's doing the right thing for a right cause. She's doing something good, but she's not doing it for the right reason. And she's just looking to be with this man mm-hmm. who, as, as great as Dr. Dwight is, he's he's not that great. He's weak of he's heart. Got a, well, he's he's a got a bad man. reputation. He's, he's a handsome, handsome man. Yeah. Well, number three going down, I got Wheel Leisure. Oh, like it's not Ross great. is just like cutting his losses in a lot of ways. I know he he may not have sold all of his shares necessarily. I need to check the notes on that, but it was only fifty percent. Okay, either way though, almost an admission of loss there. So mm-hmm. it's it's tough, but you got you gotta you know choose your battles. So yeah, we will use your number three. Thanks for coming. And those, well, all those workers two, got, are sick too. Yeah. Oh, the epidemic going around. Um, I got epidemic. the free traders at number two. Epidemic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. What about because those free There, we see a, a pack of them is already getting wrangled up to be arrested mm-hmm. in the beginning of the episode, and then we see that this sort of deal that they strike with Ross, this one guy that they bring back, is a not a very great deal. Like it's not what they want. Yeah. And like you said, I don't think this is going to end well for the free traders. No, for sure. So. Yeah, they'll, they'll fall back up with that for sure. I, I think so for sure. Uh, you'd, you'd think that having a child would change things again for Ross, but we'll see. <laughs> Number two, I got Demelza. She okay. just gets put upon this whole episode, and then she she finally gets the, the baby out and things are okay, but she's just not happy with Ross, and he's not happy with her, and it's just mm-hmm. her just being miserable for most of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, num- yeah. N- number one is obvious. It's George. It's George. He took an L. A huge L. The biggest L, because he's he knows what's going on, but he doesn't have this control that he used to have. Mm-mm. And, and he, he's been trying to work out, trying to get strong, but you can only get so strong against a guy who is in the mind day in, day out, pounding away. Mm-hmm. So, you tried, George, but you didn't you didn't get one over this week as much as you thought you did. No, you did not. Uh-uh-uh. Nope. Well, who do you got going up? I got Caroline at number three, actually. Really? Okay. She, she makes a mark, makes an impression on Dwight, who wants nothing to do with her at the top of this episode, and she leaves him wanting more. Which that's the key thing you want to leave people wanting. You want to leave people wanting more. So, I'm, kudos I, I to don't her think for he turning wants more, But we'll see. Okay. Well, who's going up for you? I got Verity going up. Okay. Because she thinks she's really botching this whole thing with the stepdaughter, but then this steps this this jovial young James walks in. And then, not to mention, she's ba- she gets back into the family house. She can go home. Finally, I, Verity I think, has come home. That's true. She is coming home. I think I think that son is a little too 
happy to see her. I, I don't know what's going on there. The, he he asked her for like was it rum within like the first few moments of meeting her. He goes, I got a mighty thirst. Yeah, it's like, and she's like, yeah, for sure. It's like this guy just may be a lush. He just comes in caught half cocked, like, oh hey, he. She's terrified, and she. Okay. I, I think Verity is a good character to have, good person for Demelza to bounce off of. All right. Well, at number two, I got Francis. I got Francis at number two as well. <laughs> he's in the money. He's he's in business with a, a good man, and the, you can't keep a good man down. He's just so happy. The scene, the scene of them making the plan, is joyful. I think the two of them mm-hmm. on the same page, even though Francis is definitely the. Uh, the macho man to to Ross. Yeah. Ross is Hulk Hogan. It's Well, I mean, it's it's and to that point, the number one has gotta be none other than Oh yeah, it's Ross. It's Ross. He he is the Hulkster. He he puts down George. He he hooks up with Francis. Uh the man is in power. And he had a baby. Uh I know I know Demel's delivered it, but he, he saved her and then brought her ashore and then got a baby. That's right. Good, understated that he had a baby. Yep. So good for Ross. The guy, the guy is just un, unbeatable when it comes to, to fisticuffs. It really is. I mean, we'll see. I feel like the, they need to bring in like Braun Strowman. A, a heavy needs to come in. <laughs> someone really big. Like yeah, so George hires someone really strong to take him down. The, maybe the Big Show. Some. <laughs> let's do. Yeah. Let's see that happen. The Mountain shows up. Uh, We'll see, but otherwise, that is this week on Poldark. Mm-hmm. I think we can just wrap it there early uh, this week, Dave. Yeah. It's been a long night. <laughs> Indeed, we started a little later. We talked a lot about this epic episode of Poldark. That's fine. Yeah, let's just go out and have a fight somewhere else. You know, let's go right, we'll, pick a fight. We'll brawl. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly, at the fall brawl. Uh, it's still fall. Um, otherwise, you can know where to find us, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, merch on t public uh and five star rating review if you so choose on itunes or listen to us on spotify yeah and share that that spotify wrapped with us if we're major top five mm-hmm. you get a chance to enter and win some merch and if you're not yeah. on that five stars on itunes apple podcast it'll all do some good for us we appreciate it all right well until we meet again yeah.